I'm a student, and I'm a missionary. I'm a physician, and I'm a missionary. I'm a church planner, and I'm a missionary. I'm a pediatrician, and I'm a missionary. I am an insurance agent, and I am a missionary. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'm a missionary. I'm an occupational therapist, and I'm a missionary. I'm in senior management and information systems, and I'm a missionary. I'm a lawyer, and I'm a missionary. Well, welcome to Mount Airy Baptist Church and to kick off Sunday. We appreciate you being here today for this special day. And in just a few moments, I want to tell you how you can be a missionary too. But I believe there's a certain group of people here we might want to recognize today. I'm impressed by this crowd of uh, football players that are here from Powdersville High School. Where's Coach Muster? There's Coach Muster. No, that's not Coach Muster. Where's Coach Muster? He's right back there. All right. See, after without my glasses, after the third or fourth row, it's all blurry. But <laughs> Coach, would you stand, and any other coaches that might be with you, would you stand, any other coaches here? All right, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Now, we want these guys here to be recognized as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have a 2-0 record right now. Is that correct? You all stand up. Let's recognize them. Thank you, guys. We're awful proud of you. We're proud of your coach and coaches and so thankful that you're here today. I like the fact that you have a 2-0 record because you and Tennessee have something in common. <laughs> that can't be said about some of the other schools here that wear orange. <laughs> or red, for that matter. So, today's a big day. I want to help you understand how you can be a missionary. I want to train you today. It's going to be kind of a different service. I want to equip you today. I want to share with you how you can be a missionary in your everyday life, in your everyday walk with with the Lord. I want to begin by asking you to open God's Word to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, there's one there in the pew rack there in front of you or under your seat. Colossians chapter 4. Begin in verse 2. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray. Everybody say pray. Pray, he says, that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I want to help you know how to answer everyone. Paul says there's a few things, uh, Paul says a few things here that I think we can all relate to. First of all, he says if you want to be a missionary, you need to pray for the opportunity to share tells us that in verse 3. He says, pray that God would open a door for me. 
And if you're trying, if you've got somebody in your circles of influence, somebody in your family, uh, a good friend of yours, a neighbor, somebody like that, somebody on the football team, whoever it may be, if there's somebody that you want to talk to about their relationship with Jesus Christ, just simply pray for that opportunity. Pray that God would open that door. Number two, be ready to make it clear when you share. Paul says, pray that I'll, in verse four, he says, pray that I'll share clearly. And I'm going to show you a way today that you can share the gospel clearly. Very simply and clearly. Paul says, but would you pray about that? Pray that I will share the gospel clearly. And then he also says in verse 6, and when you share, respond with grace. You should never have a superior attitude. You should never think that you're better than the person you're sharing with. But you should always pray that God would season your words with grace. And understand that you're looking at someone who perhaps may not have a relationship with God and and you've been there yourself, and now you're speaking and seasoning your words with grace. But how do we go about sharing the good news like that? Have you ever noticed that sometimes in life, people will just talk to you about their problems? Maybe you guys here on the football team, you've got some good friends that, uh, you know, just every once in a while, they, you know, Friday night or Saturday night or something, they begin to talk to you about the problems they're having at home or the problems they're having internally or the problems they're having with an addiction. Or All of us can relate to that. We all have people who sometimes talk to us about problems that they're having. Here's what I want you to understand. I want to help you turn those conversations about problems into conversations about Jesus. Turn those conversations about problems into conversations about Jesus. Today I'm going to share with you a tool that will help you share the gospel with people that you know and help you turn those conversations into conversations about Jesus. Everybody, I hope, has a napkin. Do you have your napkin? You got it when you came in, perhaps a napkin and a pen? I've got mine. Here's what I want you to do with that napkin. I want you to get something to write with, a pen, pencil, something. I'm going to share with you three circles. And I want you to draw on your napkin what I'm going to draw on the board. And what I'm going to share with you is so simple and so clear that you could, if you were out at a restaurant like at Nick Henry's, and you're talking to a good friend of yours, you're talking to a a relative or something, you could take that napkin and just sitting there, draw three circles and present the gospel. It's going to be so clear, you can even draw it on a napkin. So that's what I want you to do as I go through this presentation. I want you to draw a circle in this area of your napkin, pretty big circle like that. And as you draw that circle, I want you to write in that circle God's design. God has a design for all of us. God has a design for all of our lives. God has a design for our marriages. He has a design for our families. He has a design for our sex lives. He has a design for our finances. He has a design for our careers and our futures. God has a design for all of us, for all of our lives. There's this perfect design of God. But somewhere along the way, and we've all done this, somewhere along the way, we depart from God's design. If you'll draw an arrow like that. Somewhere along the way, we depart from God's design. And the reason we depart from God's design is because deep down we think we've got a better idea than God does. Deep down, we think we've, we've got a better idea of what will bring happiness, what will bring contentment. And so we depart from God's design. And the Bible has a word for that when we depart from God's design. It's the word sin. 
And the Bible says in Romans that we've all experienced this. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. We've all from time to time departed from God's design and we've sinned. We've disobeyed. We've not lived according to the design of God. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you depart from God's design, it will always lead, draw a second circle, it will always lead to brokenness. And there are two ends in brokenness. That doesn't look right, but I checked it. I spell checked it, alright? Whenever we depart from God's design, whenever we sin, it always leads to brokenness. Always. That brokenness is a painful place to live. And we've all experienced the pain of brokenness. We've all experienced that, that pain of, of living with our lives, just feeling like something is broken with us. Our family is broken. Our marriage is broken. There's something in us that just seems broken. It's just not right. It's, and the reason is because we've departed from God's design. But we know inside something's broken. It's just not right. It's just not the way it should be. Because of that, this is where people experience addictions. This is where people experience anger and resentment and depression. This is where people are are resentful, and this is where marriages fail. And we've, we know that. We've experienced that. We've seen it in our lives. We've seen it in the lives of others. And because that brokenness is so painful, because that's such a painful place to live, we try as best we can to get out of the brokenness. We try different things. We try to medicate our way out. We try to drink our way out. We, we, we try classes of self-improvement. We try all kinds of things to improve the situation we're in. And the very fact that we're trying to get out, the very fact that we're trying to improve this broken situation is evidence that we know something needs to change. We know deep down something needs to change. We know that we don't want to live here. We don't want to experience this pain of brokenness. Something needs to change and we recognize that. And the very fact that we've tried different ways to change is evidence that we understand that we desperately need to change. In fact, the book of Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to death. There is a way that seems right, and we try as best we can to go down that way and make things better, but in the end it always seems to end in failure. Robin Williams as you know, took his life, suicide. And it was said, I read a quote by him where he said, isn't it ironic that I can make everybody laugh except me? We've all experienced the pain of brokenness. But there's a third circle I want to tell you about. Draw that third circle just like that. And in that third circle... I want you to write this word, gospel. Now you may or may not know that the word gospel means good news. That's literally what the word means, good news. There's some good news about the brokenness that we have. Here's the good news. God loves you so much that even though your life is broken, He doesn't want to leave you there. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Here's the good news about your brokenness. Listen to this. 
even though the brokenness that you're in is brokenness of your own making, God refuses to leave you there. He wants to provide a way out. And He does. He has. And the way out is through Jesus Christ. You see, if you've tried to get out of the brokenness of your life, if you've tried to make things better and and it hasn't worked, you probably deep down recognize you need someone. You need someone to help you. Because you haven't been able to do this. That someone is Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. Everybody look at the board here for a second. I've got to show you, this is so good. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. You know what He did? He lived by God's design, and not one time, not one time, did He ever depart from God's design. Not one time did He ever sin. He lived a perfect life. He loved people. He served people. He helped people. He healed people. And when He was about 33 years old, those same people, some of them, took him outside the walls of the city of Jerusalem and they put nails in his hands and put nails in his feet, crown a thorn on his head, and they crucified him. And as he was dying on the cross, God did a miracle. God took your sins and mine, all of us, and he put those sins on Jesus so that when Jesus died, he was dying for your sins. When he experienced the pain of the cross, he experienced it for you. And then on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. And he died. They took him off the cross, they put him in a grave. But three days later, he rose again. And when he rose again, it it was proof that Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God. And when he rose again, it was proof that he could do what he said he could do. That is, conquer your greatest enemy, which is death, hell, and the grave. Jesus did for you what you could not do for yourself. He did for you what you so desperately needed. But just to know that information won't change your life. Just to know that information won't get you out of that brokenness. You see, the Bible says we've got to respond to that information. And here's how we respond. There's a Bible word called repent. Repent simply means that you're going to turn away from your sin and you're going to turn to God. Turn away from your sin and turn to Christ. Repent means you recognize you need to change, but you can't change on your own. So you repent, you turn away from that. But not only do you repent, but you also have to, the Bible says, believe. Believing is not saying, I believe that that this is true or factual. Believing is is saying, I'm putting my life in God's hands. I believe that my life is broken because of sin. And I believe that Jesus came to die on the cross to take me out of that brokenness. Jesus came to die on the cross to allow me to step out of this broken life and to have a different life, a new life, to be forgiven. For by grace are you saved through faith, the Bible says. Faith is where you say, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me in my place to take me out of my, my brokenness. And when you do that, watch what happens. When you do that, something happens inside. Jesus comes to live in you. 
When you repent and you believe and you ask Him into your life, Jesus comes to live in you. And now because Jesus lives in you, you now have a power you didn't have before. You now have an ability you didn't have before. Now you're not living life on your own in your brokenness. Now you're living with Jesus in you, which means, watch this, which means, because Jesus lives in you, you can now recover from your brokenness. You can now recover from all of those things that have ruined your life. And not only can you recover from that, but now you are free to pursue Now you're free to pursue God's design. Now you have a desire to pursue God's design, a willingness to pursue God's design. So because you you have Christ in you now, you can recover from the brokenness and pursue God's design. Now this is the this is the neat part if you're a follower of Christ already. Hey, watch this. This is this, this is so good. You know what God does? Once that we have come back to God's design and we've become a follower of Jesus, you know what God does for us? Because we've experienced the blessings and the peace of God, He says, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back into that world where people are broken, and I want you to tell them what I've done for them. He sends us back into that world. You go tell them now about the good news that they don't have to stay in their brokenness. And sometimes, even after you've trusted Christ, sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to mess up. You're not going to live a perfect life. How do you deal with that? The same way you dealt with it when you trusted Christ as Savior. You say, God, I've messed up. I've sinned. There's some things wrong in my life, but I repent of my sin. I believe Jesus died on the cross. You don't have to get saved again, but now you just simply claim, I believe that Christ died for me, and I accept your forgiveness And now you're recovering from that sin and pursuing God's design again. You don't have to get saved again. You just come back by faith again. Say, God, forgive me and cleanse me. Now, here's my question for you. Does that describe what has happened in your life? Or has anything like that ever happened in your life? I'm so happy these guys are here today and they've got their jerseys on. Because they're a great illustration of what I, I need to show you about this truth here. I would say that most of us, with the exception of these, these young men here today, most of us are simply wearing the jersey, but we've never been on the team. Now, it's just a guess on my part. I don't know this to be fact. But excluding these men here on the front, I would say that excluding these guys, probably 99.9% of you have never run down the hill at Death Valley and played on the team. Now, now, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But just looking at you, don't think I am. <laughs> and you folks are wearing the garnet. Garnet? Garnet? How do you say that? Yeah, whatever that is. You guys in red. You guys in red. And the ladies in red. I bet 99.9%, maybe all of you, You've never been on the field there and played. You've never played. You're wearing the jersey, but you're not on the team. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I've never run through the giant tee in in Knoxville. But I sure wear the jersey proudly. And that's okay in this kind of thing, 
But you see, these guys, they're wearing the jersey, and they're on the team. You see, these, there's, there's a difference. Everybody else out here, we're all pretenders, except for these guys. These guys are the real thing. They're the players. We're the pretenders. That's also true in our walk with God. Do you know it's so easy to come to church on Sundays and wear the jersey and make it look like you're on the team? It's so because you know the church colors, you know the church language, you know everything. You come to the stadium every Sunday. And you sit in the stadium every Sunday and you sing the songs and you look and act like you're on the team. You wear the colors. You got the jersey. But my question is this. Are you on the team? Has there been a time and a place in your life when you've actually recognized that because of the sin in your life, there is brokenness there? And the only way you can get rid of that brokenness is when you have truly repented of your sin and turned to Christ alone and by faith believed that He could change you and save you. And you've put your faith in the gospel. And then He has restored you and rescued you and helped you recover from your brokenness. Now you're pursuing God's design. Has that ever happened to you? You see, it's so easy in church world just to wear the jersey and never really be on the team. And nobody really knows that except maybe you. Nobody really knows where you are in that. So, Pastor, what do I need to do? Well, first of all, I'd ask you to open your Bibles one more time to the book of Romans, chapter 10. Romans, chapter 10. There's two verses I want you to see. One is in verse 9 and the other is in verse 13. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and... What's that next word? Believe. You sit right here on the board. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe. Believe in your heart. God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. You will be saved. The Bible says that's how you experience this new life. That's how you get out of the brokenness of life. Look at verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what that word everyone means? It means wherever you're at in life, whatever you've experienced in life, however broken your life may be, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The thing I like about this diagram, one of the things I like about this diagram is this right here. If you look at this diagram, it's so clear that when we come to God, when we come to Jesus, we, don't, we do not come to Jesus as good people. We come to Jesus as broken people. It is only when we recognize the brokenness of our sin that we're really ready to be saved. You see, He did not come and die for good people. He came, died on the cross because of the brokenness in our lives, because of the sin in our lives. And when we come to God, all we can ever bring Him is our brokenness. That's all. That's all we have to offer Him, is our broken lives. And the Bible says, and everyone who does that, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. There's a verse I want you to hear. It's in 
2 Corinthians 13, 5. You don't need to turn there. I won't read it to you. It says, Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? Unless, of course, you're just wearing the jersey, but you're not on the team? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask that no one be moving around. What I want you to understand today is that you can know all the Christian words and impress all the Christian people and do all the Christian things, and pretty soon nobody even thinks to ask if you've ever really committed yourself to Jesus. But I'm going to ask you, have you ever really considered the fact that following Christ is not just something that you do on Sunday mornings when you come to the stadium with your jersey. But following Christ is a daily life. Maybe you need to be one of the people today that says, Lord, I resign from running my own life. I'm totally yours. I'm going to stop pretending that I belong to you. I'm going to stop pretending and just wearing the jersey. I want to be sure. And I want to know you personally. And God, my life is broken. And it's broken because I've gotten away from your design. I need your forgiveness. I want you to change me. If you'd like to make that your prayer today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And nothing magical about these words. You just need to mean it from your heart. But you can pray this prayer just silently as I pray it. You just pray it with me. If you'd like to truly trust Christ, repent of your sins, and trust Christ today, pray this prayer with me silently from your heart. Lord, my life is broken, and I know that I need you. I believe that Jesus came to live and die and was raised from the dead. I believe he came to rescue me from my sin. Please forgive me. I turn from my selfish ways and I'll put my faith in you. Please help me out of this brokenness and help me pursue God's design for my life. Today I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. And I will live for you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Every head still bowed. Every eye still closed. Romans 10, 13. Remember, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. If you made that decision today, then let me say to you, welcome to God's family. Welcome to God's eternal family. I want to thank you for receiving Christ today. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to make it known that you've decided to be a follower of Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to make it known that you've decided to step out of the brokenness and turn to Christ and trust Him alone. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to just come down front. And all you have to do is say, Pastor Keith, I prayed with you just a moment ago. That's all you have to say. Pastor Keith, I prayed with you a few moments ago. I'm going to ask you to publicly acknowledge Jesus today whether this is your first time here or you're a long-time member here, if you have prayed to receive Christ, would you make that known today? Unashamedly, you stand 
and come forward as we stand in just a moment to sing. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that when you saw us in our brokenness, you didn't leave us there. Even though it was a brokenness of our own making. Thank you, God, that you provided a way through Jesus for us to be restored and rescued. Help us to live our life according to your design and for your glory. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.